Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are just joining in, welcome. For those of you that are new, you already know who I am. I'm Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host of the podcast. And with me today in the hot seat is a special guest by the name of Gina Riley. And let me tell you a little bit more about Gina. So Gina Riley is a human resources professional who sits at the powerful convergence of career coaching, executive search, and interview skills training. She is an authority in career transition and helps leaders communicate their career stories with her career velocity system and its trademark in order to help them position themselves as a business in a business. She is sought after for her thought leadership and expertise in the areas of professional networking, career development, and known for her ability to make meaningful and mutually advantageous professional connections. Gina brings over 25 years of experience from small businesses to Fortune 500 companies, holds a master's degree in whole systems design, and has held positions from recruitment, project management, employer brand initiatives, and consulting with executive teams. So she's done a lot, y'all. She is a certified UMAP coach, which site which she uses to help people craft high impact career stories. So Gina is coming with a wealth of knowledge, a lot of versatility, and a lot of diversity in her background. And today we're going to unpack UMAP career profile assessment. What is it and how can you use this tool in order to level up your career, whether you're in that e-bucket, which is that employee bucket, or you're trying to make a transition to entrepreneurship and launch a business of your own. So without further ado, let's welcome Gina Riley. Thank you. My pleasure, Gina. I'm super glad to have this conversation with you as we begin to hold and share space. And before we dive into the meat of the segment, I'm, I'm a Southern girl, so I love to eat. I definitely want to have a connection series. So there are two options that will allow you to connect with the audience in a fun and personal way, as well as me get to learn a little bit more about you. We could do either an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Let's do the icebreaker. <laughs> Amazing. I love that you put that jingle with it. <laughs> We're breaking the ice with Gina and Genesis. I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life that actually built character or a fun and interesting fact about yourself that no one in your community knows, but it will be a treat for them to know. <laughs> I'm going to go all the way back to high school, and I'm going to pull out the fact that I was a Boy Scout. I was a female in the Explorer Scouts, which is under the umbrella of Boy Scouts of America, and I was in a high adventure hiking club. So the explorers have different kinds of posts or troops, if you will, um, that have a niche and ours was high adventure hiking. And so I spent a lot of my high school days and weekends off um, training then for um, 
our summer experience, which was usually a week long excursion at a Boy Scout camp where we would hike 10 miles and then go, you know, like rappelling. And then we would hike eight miles the next day and go canoeing. And we would hike, you know, hike five miles the next day and learn how to like do shotgun shooting and making the actual ammo and stuffing it in the in, in the barrel of the gun. So that's something probably really different that a lot of people don't know about me. And I actually have a card to prove it, like my name on Boy Scouts of America. That is super cool. So you were already breaking the mold back then in high school, because just in this day and age, I don't think I've met another girl or woman that served in Boy Scouts because normally it's like, they're like, oh, I'm in Girl Scouts. And I always know when it's Girl Scouts time because I'm like, where are the cookies at? Where are the cookies that I have I to do that in like fifth grade? But um, yeah, in my high school days, it was fun because it was co-ed. It was co-ed. So that's, you know, more fun. And, you know, it, it teaches, teaches you a lot of um, life skills, like practice, like I can light a fire and get it going, you know, under, you know, duress <laughs> in competition. I can start a fire and, and win that, win that challenge. And um, also just the grit it takes to get through five days of serious hiking and then doing some kind of high adventure activity. So I think I have some grit. I would love to see more young girls um, do collaborations and really create those synergies with Boy Scouts today because I think that would prepare us because there are some women out here who have no idea how to even change their own tire. They don't know like what to do in the event of emergency because you always had that male figure that did it for you. But whenever that figure is gone, I'm going to raise my hand, guilty as charged. Um, when I lost my dad, it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much my dad did for me. And then I started to have to rely on my husband. And then I was like, you know what? I can learn this stuff. I'm a superwoman. I got it. (laughs) But But it's interesting. But had you learned certain skills like early on, it definitely prepared you for your adulthood. So I commend you, Gina, for doing what you did and just sharing that because I was like, that was a wild card factor. I tried to bring it. (laughs) So that concludes our connection part of this segment. Now let's jump into the main segment, which is the work that you're currently doing with assessments. And y'all, whenever you think about assessments, I'm sure you're probably thinking about personality assessment. This does encompass a personality assessment, but it only has one. And UMAP career profile assessment is what we're going to be diving into. I don't know that much about it, but we're going to be learning it together. And from a person personality assessment, I'm sure some of you may heard of Clifton Strengths, which used to be called Strength Finders, I believe, or did they reverse the name. Is, did I say it backwards, Gina? It's called, yeah, Clifton Strengths Finder, and Gallup is the one that, um, that, that puts that out, and it's considered a very valid tool because over 33 million people have taken it, and so it's a statistically valid um, instrument, and it actually me- measures people's strengths, and so within the UMAP, like you had mentioned, there's actually four assessments in one, and they have Strengths Finder, which is one of the assessments, you get the top five strengths. They do a values assessment. So you can kind of identify your top 10 values that guide you in your life. The third assessment is a skills assessment. So you can unpack your motivated and burnout skills. 
So you can clearly identify, ooh, if I take that job and I have to do my burnout skills too much, I'm not gonna like that job. And then the fourth one, back to your point, is the personality assessment. And Kristen Cherry, the author of UMAP and the one who created the tool, uses the Holland. And when you look at a personality assessment like the DISC, Myers-Briggs, Holland, et cetera, it's really only showing us one aspect that goes into our career satisfaction. A lot of us will take a personality assessment. I'm Back in the old, olden times, back in college, I loved Myers-Briggs and I, I feel like it added a lot of value at that point in my life. But what I've come to learn is when we get those assessments back, sometimes there's language in there that doesn't resonate. It doesn't sit well. And if you're in a team like environment where you're all sharing each other's, you know, um, assessments, sometimes it can be embarrassing. It's like, Ooh, that's not me. Or, Ooh, I don't want you to think of me this way. And what's really interesting. And what I've learned using the UMAP tool is that sometimes our strengths will explain why we're uncomfortable with the personality assessment. It doesn't resonate because it's not actually in alignment with our natural gifts. Yeah, I like that because I feel like we as um, individuals, we're very multifaceted and multidimensional. But if you're taking an assessment that only looks at one component, then you're missing the other components that make up who you are as an individual. And then when something it when something does happen in a professional setting, you're scratching your head like you're like, oh my gosh, what's, what's going wrong? Is it me when if you had all the necessary tools and resources, you could easily pinpoint and do a RCA. For those of you listening, RCA is a root cause analysis to kind of find where the underlying issue is. So then you could begin to build upon it and get out of that, that um, rat race, because if not, you're going to be spinning and spinning and spinning, but going nowhere. And sometimes we as individuals, we don't necessarily want to ask for help based on the product of our environment or based on the type of work environment we're in because we feel like it's a sign of weakness. When in my opinion, I feel like it's a sign of strength because asking for help is showing that you want to do better and you're eager to learn more about yourself. And it's a mindset thing. I just think it's a way for you to shift your paradigm. Absolutely. Being a continuous learner is so important to our growth Um, and being able to see and recognize all these facets of ourselves is part of putting that whole equation together as we look at career transitions. So are we satisfied in our current job? You can unpack that by looking at these different aspects of oneself. Our strengths tell us how how we do what we do. It's literally the how. The values are telling us why we do what we do. So if if we are out of alignment, we have a misalignment with the values that are super important to us individually, and it's not being honored in our employment situation, that can cause a lot of strife. That's when we're sleepless nights, sick stomach, we're complaining. If values are out of alignment, that is the first thing that I really go and I look at. And I like that you're starting with values because it's who are you at the core and does this employer's mission and values line up with your personal mission and values? And then are you being seen as an asset versus a liability if you're partnering? And I'm doing this from an employee perspective because there are some of you that are still in the employee bucket, but then there's some of you that have went through a period of great reflection, self-inventory, and et cetera, since 
the pandemic, you woke up and you realized that what you're doing for someone else to build their empire, their legacy and foundation, you could then take your skills re-diversify it, monetize it, and then build your own empire and legacy, but also make sure that you have the proper ducks in the row. I always tell people to understand your why and ask yourself, is my why tied to my personal mission? And is my mission tied to my purpose and my passion of, on why I was placed here on earth? Because sometimes we do things just to be seen and noticed, but the minute that it doesn't feel good, then that's whenever we have you know, those second thoughts, we have that guilt, that shame, that remorse, the pit in our stomach, the headaches, the sleepless nights and you don't you don't realize it but not only does it affect you but it affects those in your household because they see the way that you're carrying yourself and they see the type of energy that you're giving off even though it may be in a nonverbal way mm -hmm. so um Gina one question I want to ask you is what led you to get involved in this line of work especially coming from a versatile background and human resources which from the outside looking in, it could be very draining with human resources. Oh, yes, it, it can be. Um, you know, my journey to what I do today started when I was in high school, 15, 16 years old. I got exposed to personal development and leadership programs, um, and I got exposed to some phenomenal motivational speakers. And what it started was it lit a fire in me to help others communicate better in order to relate better, in order to advance themselves and their lives through clearer communication. And I believe it starts with us. If we're not clear about who we are and who we stand for, that that's the first barrier to our success. But then being able to, you know, crisply get our messaging out there, ask the right questions, being curious, being an open learner and, and engaging with others in the spirit of inquiry all of that was like my foundation. And so, of course, I've had all these various experiences. I've done recruiting, like you mentioned, and I've, um, you know, I've done program management, and I've also uh, been an HR business partner and worked, you know, within a business. But ultimately, where I get here today is all the work that I've done um, interviewing and hiring leaders and talking to people. I've learned the mistakes that people make along the way. I listen to people fumble through interviews, for example, not able to tell their story, um, who will talk for 20 minutes when you ask the question, tell me about yourself. That's a really, really big problem in a 60 minute interview if one third is all just the tell me about yourself. So I'm very driven to help my clients shore those stories up, shore their messaging up, get that tell me about yourself to only five minutes so that the remainder of the time can be talking about unpacking their skills. Are you skilled and qualified to do the job? Somebody's long, long career journey, that's not where we're going to get it. We have to listen to the competencies. And if the interviewer doesn't get to ask those questions, how are we going to find out? Absolutely. And I think a lot of things have shift, shifted since the pandemic because now we have remote work, we have hybrid and et cetera. And I think people's values have shifted since the pandemic started because people are more clearer on what it is that they want. They also see work and home life balance because they were forced to be at home, which allowed them to have flexibility to spend more time with their children, their family, and et cetera. And then they also learned more about themselves because 
whenever they were forced to be in a brick and mortar setting, they had to be in the office. But then whenever they were forced to be at home for safety and security reasons, they learn how to manage their time better. So that's a project manage management in a sense, as well as time management. You learn how to work across with cross-functional teams because a lot of people were doing virtual meetings, whether you were using Zoom, Microsoft Teams, or et cetera. And then if you were in a worldwide organization, you had to learn how to work with someone across the world because the cultures are different. There may be language barriers or et cetera. And sometimes that could be very hard and rigid, especially if you're not conducive to that type of environment. So whenever you think about UMAP as a whole, how can we make sure that not only the leaders are getting it, but also the people that are ICs, individual contributors, because we have to meet each other in the middle. And feel Absolutely. free to reframe the question if you want. Um, well, what I would say is the UMAP as a tool could can be used by individuals all the way starting from, in my opinion, uh, high school, you know, people who are trying to figure out and navigate their course of study all the way through a senior leader who's a CEO making a career transition because it it's the same journey to come to that storytelling that you want to tell. So for example, when I first got certified with the UMAP and I was using my own family as guinea pigs, trying to, you know, get my coaching wheels going, my 17 year old was my first customer and he was applying to college at the time. And so genius, he like used the language that came out of his assessments to, to write his essays. Here's why I'm special and unique. Cause that's what they're asking these kids these days is why you, why should we let you into our university? What makes you special? And so it's, it's a, it's an unbelievable way for each person to get centered on who, you know, who they are uniquely. And it's a holistic tool that is true. Now, how can teams use it, use it and how can leaders use it? It can be done. Everyone can take that assessment and with a great facilitation, you know, somebody who can kind of facilitate a conversation. And I've done this with us with a small team. You can put up flip chart paper and have people getting their their top strengths up there, their top values and the skills that motivate and demotivate them. Once a team can see what where people's hearts lie, where their motivations lie and where their strengths lie, they can start to negotiate and maybe even transform how they work together as a team. Like, oh, I didn't realize that this thing that you have to do really demotivates you. That's something I love to do. It's in my motivated skills bucket. Maybe we can do some skill swap, you know, some, some swapping of what we're doing or, oh, I didn't know that was one of your values. And I've been disregarding that value. I can see why you have conflict with me because I'm treating you a certain way, but I didn't understand some underlying value that you had. I like that because then it opens up the line of communication. So it takes away preconceived notions and assumptions and judgments or those unconscious biases that someone may have. And I like the fact that you talked about your son being your first client and how he used how he used the certain keywords to write his college essays because sometimes I feel like we're so conditioned to do, do things a certain way, but then once we learn a new method and apply that methodology that we learn, then we start to have more clarity and focus because we understand more about ourselves from all angles. So 
for the audience listening, listening in, they may be wondering, okay, Gina, so can you give us a glimpse of this assessment? Like what, what can we look forward when we're taking this assessment? And since it does have, I think you said five, is it five parts or four parts? Four parts. Yeah. Four, parts. four parts. How long would the assessment be? Like an hour and a half to two hours or? I think you nailed it. It's probably, um, I, clients tell me it takes some varying amounts of time. Anybody that goes to the StrengthsFinder website and wants to just do StrengthsFinder, it's the same as if going through um, UMAP the same amount of time because it incorporates the top five strengths. So you could do one or the other. If you do it through the UMAP portal, um, the first thing you're going to do is the strengths assessment. That takes a half hour. You have to be sitting at your computer, zero distractions whatsoever because the questions flip and you don't have any time to do anything other than react and go with your gut. That's it. The rest of it isn't timed. You know, write down your values, organize them. The next one is what are your motivated and demotivated skills? That is not a timed assessment. And then the last one is that Holland. And it's it's also answering questions, but it's not timed. So, you know, most people take, let's say an hour to an hour and a half to do all four. When it's done, there is um, a person that actually puts together behind the scenes, behind the curtain, everyone's individual UMAP. It's not AI driven where it magically comes together. There's actually a person taking your four assessments and putting it into the UMAP workbook. And then you get a workbook so you can individually go through and journal out for yourself the details around what you're learning about yourself. That's really neat. And I'm glad that you said it's not AI driven. For those of you who may not know, AI is artificial intelligence. And another component of that, that a lot of companies are using is RPA, which is robotics processing automation, because they're trying to work smarter, not necessarily harder. So I like the fact that we have humans that are behind the scenes doing the analysis, combining things. So they're actually, you know, looking at the information and making sure that it makes sense and packaging it up nice for that individual to go through. One thing that, um, a question that popped up into my head right now, Gina, there was another company a while back that, well, when I say a while back, it's probably years ago that we did like an e-colors assessment. And I think it was called Mm -hmm. Equilibria where they told you like what your color dominance was. And that was a way of like strengths or personality, something along that. And then whenever I paired that with like a Clifton strengths where it was like, okay, are you assertive? Are you a doer? And I forgot the other quadrants because it was like four quadrants or something. Yeah, I was like, it's interesting how whenever you take multiple assessments, how you could layer them together to find out more about yourself. But I like the fact that you said the UMAP has everything in one place versus someone going out and taking all these different assessments, but then you may not want to take the time to collaborate and combine them. Yeah, it's really nice because you actually get a workbook that has everything in it with all of the language from the tools. The beauty of doing either your own work or working with any given UMAP coach is pulling out the individual aspects beyond the language that like Gallup gives you. Because once you turn your own once you internalize it and then explain how you show up in the world with your strengths, it adds so much depth and power to the words that are already there. So can you give us a quick overview of some of the words and terminology that someone from the outside looking in will get whenever they begin to go down um, the road of doing their own UMAP? Yeah. Um, well, 
like you had mentioned, you're you're really close. There's four um, quadrants within the Strengths Finder, and so and there's 34 strengths. So it they're in one of these buckets. So when you get your top five strengths back, you'll find out out of the 34 strengths which ones are the ones that are most dominant for you. And that's again how you do what you do. And maybe you have maybe a person has a lot of relating themes, how we relate and interact with other people or thinking themes, how we gather information, how we process information, executing themes, how we get things done. And um, I'm totally dropping the ball on my last one. Oh, influencing and influencing, like how we influence other people. And so what's really, really fascinating to me is when I'm working with someone and I get to see that combination. Okay, am I working with someone that has four thinking themes and a relating theme. They show up very differently than someone who has the opposite for relating themes, a lot of talking and stuff, right? And, and maybe a thinking theme or something. So this is the way that we prefer to get our work done and it helps people understand what truly drives them and makes them happy. So I guess I could use myself as an example. So my top strength is something called activator. It's how I get things done. You're always going to see me activate. I'm all, like the first thing I'm always thinking every day is like, let's go. What do I got to get done? Like I'm going to start something and I'm not going to sit back and like do some big analysis about it. I'm going to be the igniter for activity, right? My second strength is called focus. And that how that shows up is I'm going to get things started with intensity on exactly what we need to be getting done. I, I'm very good at, even though, even though I'm going to listen to people's perspectives and draw things in and consider everything, I'm going to constantly maintain what the final outcome is supposed to be. Like you're right. And my third one, I won't go through all of them. My third one is a relating theme. So it's called individualization. And what that means is I naturally look at every single person and I see everyone as an individual with their own unique background. And whatever that is, is going to contribute to how they're showing up in our team meetings, one-on-one -on -one and what have you. So again, if I'm just looking at my top three, I'm going to be activating with focus and I'm going to be customizing and individualizing. And it's really handy, a handy set of you know um, strengths for coaching, right? Because I'm working with individuals and helping move them forward, igniting them in their process. But you may have different strengths. You may have a lot of executing themes. You like to like, you know, drive to get things done, or you may be using influencing themes. It's a truly fascinating tool to see like really where our comfort zone is naturally. I love that. So for anyone that is either listening to this uh, via audio or watching the video and they're interested in taking this assessment, how can they take the assessment? And I know there's a cost associated with it. Can you elaborate on that? Because we want to make sure we're giving them information, but we're also challenging them to go out and take action. Do it. Yeah. Do something for yourself. So let me, let me start with like a lower barrier to entry, especially when it comes to, you know, costs, because, you know, cost is a factor for people. So there is a book called UMAP, find your path, blaze your trail, show the world by Kristen Cherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y. You can buy that. It's like, you know, 14, 15 bucks, free on Kindle. Go get the book, read it, you know, and get to know it. 
Now, if you want to take the, the actual UMAP assessment, it's 129 and you go in through the UMAP portal. It's called mymyumap.com, M-Y-Y-O-U-M-A-P. And, you, and it's 129 and you go through and it sets you up to take all four assessments. When you follow all the instructions, you get your workbook back and you get your UMAP back and then you're on your way. You can start journaling for yourself how you show up in the world. It's like I said, it's really great for people that are even 16 and 17 starting to contemplate college essays where they're heading. It's great for college grads. I have a couple of UMAP coaches that are friends of mine who specifically coach you, you know, that, that subset of people, high school students, college students trying to navigate their career path, new, new professionals as they're interviewing and going through the early, you know, their early career transitions all the way up to, like I said, senior leaders. I would be fascinated even to do it with my parents in their, you know, in their seventies, I would be so fascinated to understand, you know, maybe where there is miscommunication over time, just because someone else has a different lens, a different set of values, a different set of strengths that they like to use. It's certainly opened up my eyes to my children. I, I would have been a better parent had I known their strengths earlier. I love that. So y'all get the book by Christian Cherry. That's your starting point. Or if you just want to pay for it up front, it's $129. Make sure you have carved out an hour to an hour and a half undivided with no distractions. Put your cell phone away, put things on do not disturb. Make sure your kids are fed, your pets are fed, and et cetera, and work on that. And then another third point I would add is if you are currently working for an employer, this would be a great value add to have this conversation with your lead, your manager, or supervisor and say, hey, I found out about this UMAP assessment. I think it would be value added if I take it as well as a team and then kind of do a SWOT analysis and then see if they will pay for it. And then y'all could then follow up and do a team building based on when everyone has completed the assessment. And we all know that there are, there are, I'm going to say this again, three times. There are, there is, there's, Lots of money in T&D, which is training and development. So you could also use that as a leverage whenever you are proposing this case with management to say, okay, I'm not sure what the budget is this year, but I do know we have a budget for T&D training and development. And I think this would be a good benefit to everyone on the team if we invested in doing this. And then at the end, y'all could have a team building and maybe y'all could have a potluck or do some food or whatnot and just kind of make it a collaborative event and everyone has a win-win. You are so smart. That is so true. I mean, there is... There's money in training. It's kind of a low-hanging fruit type of thing, in my opinion, for a corporation. It's not a super high price to pay for a high-quality assessment and experience. And I and I would wager to think that there might even be internal training and development people in companies that would have comfort using the tool to help with the facilitation. Exactly. So then they don't have to bring in an outside consultant that may be a UMAP coach. They could just leverage that someone that they have within training and development. Yeah, and then you could also maybe put it in your LMS, which is the learning management system and kind of do like a um, internal like overview based on what 
what um, you guys learn, you have to really be creative, y'all. I'm always trying to look for ways to be creative just so you can learn something new and then you can pass on what you learn to not just help yourself, but help somebody else. Love it. So Gina, I do want to be respectful of our time commitment. So I'm going to throw you an audible here. Is there anything that I did not ask that you want to talk about that would add value to the conversation before we jump into the CTA, which is our call to action? I am not thinking. We covered a lot of territory. <laughs> okay, so let's just jump into the CTA. Audience, the CTA is a call to action. Gina's going to leave you with a call to action based on the topics that we have covered or something that she's working on in her personal wheelhouse or wheelhouse, however you want to say it. So Gina, back to you. <laughs> Let's see, call to action. You know, one thing that I recognize is not, not everyone's able to work with or hire a coach for any of the things that we talked about, whether it's a UMAP debrief, whether it's actual career coaching. Um, and there, you know, there's a lot of free resources out there to to you know, take advantage of. I've created a free resource for people um, exactly for that purpose because I can't talk to everybody that just wants to chat, right? So what I've done is I created a webinar and a workbook that outlines the process I think that people need to go through for career transition success. And it, the workbook can be printed out and you can take a bunch of notes while you listen to the webinar and you start outlining all these pieces that are, are um, part and parcel to building up your brand and your messaging and your storytelling. So what are your unique strengths? What are your values? You know, what are your career goals? You know, and so on. And, it, and it's a couple pages where you can actually get started totally for free. It's on my website, GinaReillyConsulting.com, green button at the top, download it. It's yours, my gift to the world. <laughs> Um, and, and it's helped a lot of people who have been in that situation where they've been laid off or they're in career transition, they're not able to invest in coaching, but at least it gives a great starting point. And you couple that with the UMAP, boom, off to a good start. Wow, y'all. See, that's amazing. And thank you, Gina, for adding that value. It's like, boom. And I like to say my TNT and not from the bomb app aspect. My TNT is transition and transformation. So that is my personal explosive to help myself blow up and level up. I don't know everything, but as long as I'm learning and growing, then I am getting one step further ahead than where I was previously. So if you think about that mindset wise, you'll definitely be ahead of the game. And then another thing I would say is pay attention who's in your network, because if you're the smartest person, then your network is not that big enough. You definitely need to hang out with people that are pushing you and challenging you to rise up to new heights, new levels, and new dimensions. And don't be upset when someone calls you out on your BS, because it just shows that they care enough about you. And and they want to see you level up and win at all costs. So I always tell people, if you think about the one percenters, they don't just hang out with like any old body. They hang out with people that are going places where they could learn and they could submerge themselves in that knowledge, build more business acumen and et cetera, because they're trying to get somewhere. And you shouldn't always think about the WIFA method, what's in it for me. Think about 
what's in it for we because that's how you really begin to have organic organic conversations it's how synergies form and it lets you know that collaboration is not the new competition it is the new way to go further and faster together so gina one more question for you are you on any social media platforms primarily that you would like to share with the audience oh sure um i am primarily um, on LinkedIn. So it's just Gina Riley. I'm easy to find there. One thing I always like to, um, encourage people to do when you connect with anybody on LinkedIn, uh, let alone me is send a personalized connection request. You have to do that with intentionality and, and just let them know the why behind the connection. Hey, I, I heard you on a podcast or I read an article or, you know, I noticed that you worked at this company and so did I just something that gives why, and here's the reason why you want to do it. A lot of a lot of people have headlines that start with something like this. I help, you know, fill in the blank. I help people, you know, do whatever and increase their sales or what have you. As soon as I see I help, blah, 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 I immediately am worried the next thing is going to be a sales pitch of some sort, whatever that is. And so if you can kind of soften it, even if your headline has that, soften it with like a why you're connecting beyond you're going to do a sales pitch. That's really powerful. That's an amazing um, tip. And another tip too is you could also do a quick video of yourself and post that on your LinkedIn profile so people could kind of see a quick overview of who you are. You could either um, even pronounce your name and et cetera. Just really leverage LinkedIn to its full capacity. There's so many new things that LinkedIn is putting out there. So it has cha changed a whole lot. So definitely capitalize on that. And for those of you that have listened to this segment, once again, our special guest today was Gina Riley. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. If you go to her website, there will be backlinks to her social, her social, which is LinkedIn. That's where she primarily hangs out. And her last name is spelled Riley, R as in Richard, I as in Isaac, L as in Lima, E as in Elizabeth, Y as in yellow. And there's no excuse for you not to find her because her contact information will be in the show notes. And once again, make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. And you could also see the recording to this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amars Kemp. And lastly, but not least, here's my rendition of where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. That is not a Genesis original song. It's actually a song from a secular hip hop artist, Ja Rule, that I remixed because I thought it was fun to sing it. And I'm not a singer. I definitely want to thank you so much for supporting the subject matter experts that come into the community, as well as the mission and movement behind GEMS podcast, which is to curate topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational while we also factor in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging because it does take all of us coming together to make this world a better place by us making imprints in order to drive long-lasting impacts. So until the next segment, next guest, my big ask from you is for sponsorship. So if you want to be partners, please send me an email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com or check out my website, genesisamarskemp.net, and you will find out how we could partner because this podcast is ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts 
per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So that's where you could go fact check me and look up those KPIs because I like to put my mouth where my money is. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Signing out, Genesis Amaris Kemp and Gina Riley. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.